Hey everybody, this is Al Nash from the Direction You Empowerment Dynasty and you're listening to the Unapologetic Women podcast, the show for female leaders who love to live their legacies unleashed, unlimited and unafraid. If this is a community you would like to be a part of, visit directionu.co forward slash unapologetic. Today, we're talking about the psychology of the visual story with Amy Locken seven times international award-winning marketing expert, industrial designer, and practitioner of visual spatial intelligence. With over 27 years of experience in the design industry, Amy, founder and inventor of Mud Modular, knows how to create environments, also known as your selling stage, that allow you to show up with confidence, credibility, and power from your home office. No matter if your styling is online or at a trade show, Amy knows how to translate your brand and client experience into a profitable selling stage. With a background in industrial design and an innate ability to understand human psychology, Amy creates one-of-a-kind visual experiences that both her clients and their audiences love. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Amy Locken. really been looking forward to this conversation and here's why you Amy are one of the very few women who have the gumption to kick my ass (laughs) and I appreciate that so much because I don't know about you but I find sometimes as an unapologetic woman there's very few who are willing to challenge us on raising our standards because it's already so high compared to the status quo and yet for us there is no limit of how high we can raise the standards so my deepest of gratitude and appreciation to you first and foremost um, before we even get this conversation started so i want to ask you what does unapologetic mean to you Oh, it means showing up as my very best in the moment I'm in at all times, because success to me uh, is, did I leave people, places, and things better than I found them? And that is my daily definition and um, level of success, but it's also my overall. So if that's showing up unapologetically. I love that. Now, it took me a journey to become an unapologetic woman. Do you want to share a little bit with us of your journey to get to a point of actually, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, and this is um, unapologetically Amy? Yeah, you know, I think we all, well, I coined the phrase that it's how we stumble through one journey that creates our next uh, because we are on numerous journeys throughout our life and it is really how we stumble through that one journey that does create our next like what did you learn from that and as a somebody who really does love to please people but also likes to um, you know be seen for um, who I am and my um, unique abilities, because we all have them, 
it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a journey and it, and it doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, you can, you, you hear that all the time. Like, I don't care what people think. I actually think that's a little bit of um, uh, a lie because we actually do care what those around us who mean the most to us think. And so when people say that, I, there's two different philosophies that I have for that you either are kind of lying to yourself and trying to just fit into that status quo of what you hear everybody say, or you really have no self-respect for yourself, which, you know, isn't pleasant either way. And, uh, you know, it's taken me 50 years to plus to really say, okay, and I would say the last couple of years have been really hard to, to continue on showing up like me and not, you know, fall into, again, that, that status quo of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm showing up too much, or I'm being too much, and then start you know, holding myself back because, you know, sadly, we as women are, can be very um, cruel in, in that, in, you know, so I, I appreciate you saying that I, you know, helped you raise your bar. And, and I hope I did that just by standing in um, my heels that I'm wearing for you today. Um, <laughs> that I don't normally do it anymore, but they are always under my desk or where I can see them. But it is, it is one of those that I hope I, I hope I did that by, by showing up as myself on a regular basis. And you know what, it is not perfect because I definitely am not perfect and I'm not trying to be perfect because I never will, none of us are, but I want to show up as the exception. I want to show up as the exception, as, as excellent as I can. I mean, that's the difference between good and great. And it is one of the books that is actually holding up my monitor. So I appear more like myself to you. So yes, beautiful. There's something that you just um, touched on that I want to go into a little bit more. And that is that I don't care. And I say a lot of the times, well, I don't care. I actually say I care so much that I mm. don't care because at the end of the day, wow, my, my online journey was brutal. You know, it was baptism by fire and I never expected people to be as cruel as what they can be online, complete strangers. And I'm one of the most resilient women that I know, but I would be lying in fetal position crying from some of the really horrendous things that people would say. And we can all say, well, I don't care because I don't know them and they're just like stalkers and trolls and making all of these comments. And I really had to, to come to a place of going, well, actually, I care so much that I still have to show up. I have to roll with it and show up, which for me is what I don't care. I don't care what you throw yeah. at me now because I care so much. But but that's a huge lie that we are told. And some of my most um, mm, painful um, comments 
interestingly enough, A, were from women that I didn't know, and B, happened behind the scenes. So they would uh, private message me with these, these horrible comments um, that really broke my confidence on so many levels that I had to rebuild. And so it's really powerful how you say that, that we're lying to ourselves if we are saying, well, I don't care. If you don't care, get out of the game. Yeah, you know, and, you know, I actually grew up being, you know, I guess you would call it bullying today, but I was teased horrifically as a young child into my adolescent years. And, you know what, I I believe life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. It's how you choose to learn that lesson, how you stumbled through that. And, you know, for me, it was like, no, I, you know, I had a vision of how I wanted um, to be seen and it, it didn't fit into um, the norm, but I do believe we are placed here to be, to make an impact and influence those around us who um, we energetically align with and are searching one of the things you call people out on a lot um, that I really appreciate about you is not playing in the realm of excellence. What is the impact that you are seeing, especially in the business world, of people just not going for excellence anymore? They, they're kind of settling for mediocrity at best. Yeah. You know, honestly, it, um, you know, the problem really lies in the fact that we are, and, it, and this could be part of the social media um, struggle and issue that of that perfection and all that, that we, we've lost sight of the fact that we show up for others, not for ourselves. And and that's probably one of my Achilles heels is when people play that mediocre line and just stay within that status quo. It tells me then I understand where I, I lie in what I mean to you. So when we choose to not um, show up at the same equal value, of what it is that from a business standpoint that we are either offering through our product or services and we choose to just show up mediocrely and we're not meeting the same level of value that we're asking for what we're doing, well then we're not as credible, we're not seen as, as, as competent and we certainly aren't showing up as powerful as what it is and innovative that we bring to the table when we make the decision to choose not to show up with the same value. Does that Absolutely. make sense and answer your question? Absolutely. Because therein lies actually the problem. When, when we are you know, not putting in the effort of taking the time to make sure that they can see us and that we are properly framed and we're telling a visual story as if we were actually meeting physically and 
we should be telling a story through our environment before we ever say a word because that is the first impression it doesn't matter if we're virtual or we're in person that is that first impression is still there and it what happens is it sits in our subconscious and you know as well as i do that our subconscious plays a big role in our conscious outcomes in how we choose to move forward especially in business how has the whole COVID moving to Zoom environment impacted that even further? Because so many people seem to think that because we're now on Zoom, that the standards can just automatically be dropped or they're just completely unaware of the fact that they're not showing up as they used to in a boardroom and that there's a loss of presence in that. And I know that this is your area of expertise specifically. So do you want to talk a little bit into that? Yeah. You know, I think it's more in the fact that they don't even really realize. Like, we weren't trained for this. We're, we, as humans, actually don't like seeing ourselves on camera. Or, I mean, even actors and actresses, you'll hear often hear them say, I actually never watch my work. And it's hard for us. And, you know, going into, I've, I've been doing virtual since um, Skype, like way back. So this, this is somewhat normal to me. Now I've also been on camera a lot and, and in different things throughout my, you know, career of 27 plus years, but it's, it's a fact that we don't know. We didn't, this didn't come with a, you know, owner's manual or a workbook. So it's, it's the fact of taking, again, us ourselves outside of the equation and thinking about who we are interacting with on the other side of that lens. So when we start thinking about that, so it's no different than making sure from the standpoint of what our audience is viewing. Let's think back to 2019 when we were actually walking into one each other's offices or physically meeting at a mutual location. Like you wouldn't show up in your pajamas. You know, you wouldn't show up half dressed. You know, think through that process understand that you know you and I are both wearing glasses and one of the biggest things in you know connecting with somebody in person or virtual is to be able to see each other's eyes so we've become very you know I'm very conscious of where exactly my lighting is so that there isn't a major reflection in my glasses that you know it, it's all those things but when we choose to show when we we're literally in a matter of like 24, 48 hours, we were shoved as a as humans into our safe zones and we were asked to open up that safe zone to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our home. That's where we would go to retreat and rejuvenate. So now you're asking, you know, talk about the ultimate vulnerability that happens. So I don't think people really understand, even realize that 
they're not showing up to their full potential, that they're not showing up in the equal value of what they are actually worth and what their their business is worth to somebody else. So let's talk about one of my pet peeves on, on Zoom. And again, this is going to sound really critical and it's better than what I am seeing in some some people's spaces are so untidy and it's it's a huge mess. And so now a lot of people are using the virtual screens behind them, which is my next level of pet peeve. So as somebody who is working in that space, what, is, what do these virtual screens actually say to the people who are watching? And have you actually found any that are so good that people don't pick up from any movement that it's not real. Uh, okay, so you hit an, another, you know, <laughs> pet peeve of mine. Um, you know, first and foremost, we know um, that you're hiding something. You know, we know that that image behind you um, is not real because you are you know, losing an ear or a left shoulder or a hand or completely disappearing at times. And bottom line, you just look like a bad Photoshop job. I mean, I'll just be honest. Subconsciously, what's happening it from a human psychology perspective is we're wondering what you're hiding. And, and you can argue that factuals need, but you are hiding something. So when you use those, you are hiding something. And when you're trying to build a deeper relationship, close the sale, do a presentation and actually look credible and competent, when you're using that, your audience is slightly distracted and wondering what it is you're hiding. So they're not 100% listening to you. And that creates a major distrust in the end. Now you can get past that if, if you're really, really good at what you do and, and your, your wording is right and all that, but there are so many easy ways of being able to counteract that. And the wall behind me is, is real, but it's, it's flat as can be. It's because it's one of our wall skins. So we've done wall skins for people who have gotten um, an actual room behind them that's very similar and it matches. It coordinates with their brand promise, their story, their overall visuals. What does it feel like? from the essence of working with you, like what does that feel like? So when we do rooms, we make sure that it's the proper perspective, that the light, if there's lights shining in it, makes sense for when you're gonna be using it. You're not, you know, it's real because it's a wall skin. It's, you know, semi-permanent on your wall, but you're able to move and be the three-dimensional being that you are without disappearing and having a disconnect and that distrust and that constant wondering, hmm, I wonder, you know, is it a, is it a really messy space? Is it a bed? Like we know we're in our homes for the most part. 
but it doesn't mean you can't set the stage in line with your brand. So for the listeners who, who don't have their visual, what is a wall skin? So a wall skin would be like a really great big sticker that you're able to put on your wall and um, remove it without damaging your wall. I love it. Why did you start producing those? Because I hated to see people show up um, looking like bad Photoshop jobs and knowing from the human psychology standpoint of the fact that they were literally shooting themselves in the foot by, especially in a professional arena of not showing up credible. Mm -hmm. I love that. As you look around, what do you believe is one, some of the biggest issues that are facing business owners at this time? You know, honestly, I think it's, it's the not knowing, like not even realizing, not even being um, aware of it. We're, we're trying to adapt and learn how to build those relationships over and through a lens. You know, we're three-dimensional beings trying to build a deeper relationship with another three-dimensional being through a camera lens, completely on the other side of the world, possibly. But the interesting thing is, is you can actually build even deeper relationships today by doing a virtual than you ever could meeting in person because you can do those little things of adding those special little tweaks or pieces into your background that give a little bit more of an insight to who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Is it always going to be appropriate if you pay, play guitar and you have a guitar in your background? Not necessarily, but it, sometimes it might be. Maybe it's the second meeting. You know, it, it really depends on what the interaction is that's happening but we just need to think differently about things and I think that's the problem I don't think business owners or business people are thinking differently enough we need to reimagine our spaces mm -hmm. I love you used the the words virtual story earlier um, or visual story and for me that really hits home it's like what is the story that every touch point is telling um, from the clothing that I'm wearing to how I'm styling my hair to, um, you know, the pictures behind me and the plants that you pointed out kind of going, okay, Al, you need to shift over to this side and put a plant over there. And because it really does, it tells so much. You can, you can tell so much of your story without opening your mouth mm -hmm. and allow our spaces to speak for us. Um, mm -hmm. But it does take discipline and it does take... What is it that I want to say? It takes a pride in self and it takes a deep care in your audience, whether that audience is one person or many, to go, I care enough about you to, it's almost like our mothers and grandmothers used to have these tea parties and they paid attention to every little detail, even to their aprons because they were the hostesses of the century. 
and we have the opportunity to become hostesses in our businesses and creating an experience that will stay with people long after the call has ended. Absolutely. And the thing is, is, you know, I think it was like back in like the 1800s, people actually changed their clothes for almost every action of like almost every hour of the day. Like I grew up in a tiny dairy farm in the middle of Wisconsin. So, you know, you never wore barn clothes past the front porch of that house. Why? It's, it's no different today. Like our brain associates that. It's like when we would get home from school, you changed out of your school clothes. It's no different than really today when we would come home from work, we would change. Trust me, I want the heels off. I want the, you know, what X, Y, Z. And it was because I'm no longer, my mind is no longer in that aspect of my life. I'm, I'm now in a different work environment, so to speak. I'm, I'm, my, my workman now has shifted from my profession to my home life type of thing. So we can do that in our homes by dressing as if we're leaving to go to that board meeting, X, Y, Z. So it's, it's a mind thing. Like we can't outsmart our minds and we need to, whether you want to wear the three inch heels or not, or the, you know, three piece suit, I'm, I'm not asking you to, you know, do that, but you have to accommodate, you have to find some middle ground. And yes, it does take time. It does take discipline, but anything worth do anything, it doesn't even matter if you find value in it, any doing anything, whether you're, you know, you can be healthy or you can be unhealthy. Both take a considerable amount of time. What I mean by that is you can either be healthy and get up and go to the gym and, you know, cook meals, healthy ones inside your home, things like that. Or, and yes, that takes time. Meal prep, trust me, I know all about the fact that that takes sometimes way more time than I like to give it. Okay. But I would rather do that than do the unhealthy thing, which is going to take just as much time, if not more, to sit in a, in a doctor's office, spend time in a hospital, wait in line at a pharmacy for medication. I mean, it, the choice is ours. And I'm not saying that those things never happen and I've never experienced those. I'm saying that it all takes time and it takes effort because you know what it still takes effort to have to go to the doctor and when like did it that become a bad thing though so so this is my question to society when did effort when did putting in effort become a bad thing i put in effort not because i think i have to I put in effort because I care. I put in effort because it's fun. I put in effort because that's my standard for myself. When did effort, like discipline, become curse words instead of understanding those are the kinds of pillars that support our greatness? They are for us, not to make our lives hard, but actually to 
exhibit us as the best that we can be, which then brings, brings us full circle to how this conversation started in choosing to show up as my best version self every single day and not saying, oh, but it's hard or I don't have the time. I put in the effort because I appreciate and value myself and you. Absolutely. Well, it's no different, Al. When you're not feeling well, do you do you not know that, gosh, you know what? If I just get up, I take a shower, maybe it's lipstick, whatever it is. If I put in a little effort to normalize myself to because who we are normally is our best. So when we even put in just that a little bit of that effort changes everything. Mm-hmm. For the better. Yeah. For the better. Absolutely. Definitely for the better. I love your work. How do people get hold of you and actually see some of the brilliance of what you are doing and how do they get to work with you? Oh, um, LinkedIn is a great starting point. Um, my website, um, I'm on, you know, Instagram and all those lovely socials that we love to hate and all those um, things, but they're part of life, just like our, you know, virtual interactions. And, but those are some of the best ways to get a hold of me. LinkedIn, you can certainly message me, connect with me there. Um, all my content, all my um, content and, and connection is on my website as well. So, and, and just for everybody who connects with you, um, who has the privilege of delving into your content, <laughs> I want to say this, delve in and be prepared to up your game because Amy calls you out, um, which I so appreciate about you. What do you take an unapologetic stand for in this world? Oh, you know, honestly, it, it's it's about giving people the freedom and the power to be okay with showing up as their best. Like society keeps on telling us that mediocre is okay. And it's, you know, it never really has been. And that's where we hit that slippery slope of just not caring about ourselves, which then in turn we don't care about each other and it's a it's a slippery slippery slope and if we're going to you know come together and be the best we can be we need to start showing up for each other and that includes ourselves mm. and I'm, and i'm going to put the challenge out there especially my fellow gen x's because quite frankly, we were not raised in a culture of um, working and slip slops and, and PJ bottoms and all of those things. And if you think that's not impacted the quality of your work, you are delusional. We were raised with understanding the power of a power suit. And at the end of the day, why are we as Gen Xers allowing our standards to slip to a 20 year old instead of inspiring them to raise their standards to ours? 
maybe the power suit looks a bit different, but there's still power in the suit. And so thank you for that. And thank you for that gentle reminder that it's never okay to look your worst self, especially in your business environment and in your public environment, including your Zoom calls. Well, because you're worth more than that. You as a person are worth showing up for. I show up for you, my audience, but I also show up for myself. But first and foremost, I'm doing that for you. And you deserve that. Oh, Amy, this has been amazing. Any last words for the audience? Oh, thanks for showing up. Yes. Beautiful. Love that. Ladies, I hope that you are taking so much from this conversation. Now, this is where love doesn't sound loving. Love sometimes sounds like that good upper hook that we need at times to just remind us that we are worth everything. And when we show up as everything that we have been gifted with and then allowing ourselves to and be enhanced through what's available, whether it's our spaces or our clothes or our makeup, whatever it is, that is where we truly get to shine unapologetically in this world. So thank you so much for joining us. We are looking forward to another conversation next week on how you get to live your legacy unleashed, unlimited and unafraid. Have an amazing day further. Cheers.